Good morning, everyone. Uh, really glad that you're here with us today at Church in the Valley. Uh, my name is Jeep Underwood, and uh, I'm going to be, we're starting a new message series today called Our Father. And uh, we're looking at just this idea of just seeing God as our Father and how important that is. You know, it's, it's really easy, it's really easy to lose sight or maybe to never have sight of like who God really is and how he really views us. And it's really important. The way we view God, the way we view God really marks, it marks the way that we actually enter life, the way that we actually uh, experience life. And I'd like to look at this morning a quote from A.W. Tozer. He's a theologian, a happening guy from uh, uh, last century. But he said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us because it's who we view God as. It, it, it defines our response to life. We, we, we spend our whole life responding to who we think God is. It's such a huge part of how we, how we actually uh, just make it through life. But all of us, you know, there's so easy to, to just kind of miss out on, on like who God really is and kind of get the wrong and wrong ideas about God. And uh, it could come maybe from maybe from the father that you had. It could come from just the way you kind of just figure out life on your own. But we, there's different ways we can think of God. I want to go through just a few of those that, and, and how that really affects us. You know, one, one wrong view of God, uh, one wrong view of God is just that he's really distant. He's a distant God. He's really unknowable. He's unreachable. He's disinterested. And... You know, he kind of, he created things and he kind of just left the scene and he just, he just kind of letting it all just kind of work out the way it's working. And our, you know, if we have that view of God, our response really to life is, is I'm really on my own. I'm, uh, there's really no one to take my, my concerns to. There's no really, there's really no one really to help me. So you just wind up just going through life kind of on your own. Uh, another, another view you could have towards God is kind of an on-call God, kind of a, He's there if you, he's, he's not really connected to you relationally, but he's, he's kind of there if you need help. You can like, you throw a lifeline out. Like, uh, Chevrolet came out several years ago with something called OnStar, where you could like hit a button. You know, it's before Google Maps. And, uh, I remember my dad bought a new Chevy and we're talking one day and someone said some keyword and all of a sudden some lady's in the cab with us talking about, well, do you need to know where you're going? I'm like, I don't know who, who's talking to me. Um, and so, you know, it was, it's a cool idea. You could just say, hey, I'd like to go to this restaurant. I want to go to a restaurant. Could you tell me? They tell you directions. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, they have all kinds of things that they could they could do for you. But you, you hit the button, and when you're done, you just hit the button, and they go away. You can have that view of God that he's not really connected to you, but he's just there if you need help. And if, if you feel him that way, then really your response is, can be like, I'm really on my own, but I do have a lifeline to God, but I'm not very relational with him. And so he kind of keeps a... It keeps a distance between you. Another another way you could view God that you could that you can really come to is, it's kind of like he's your grandfather God. He's kind of like you know he's kind of grandpa. He's he likes you a lot, cares about you, but he's kind of out of touch. He doesn't really know much about uh, technology and things like that. You know he's you know you say well I'm working on this thing. Well well this is a computer. You know it's like you know he, you know God he he created he's the one that holds the whole universe together. I think he understands what a computer is. Um, you know, and also, you know, when you say Fortnite to him, he thinks 14 days. He doesn't think computer game. Uh, you know, you say, so you kind of, you kind of think, well, he just, he's not really tuned in. And, 
if you th- if you view God that way, then you know your response is you know you don't really go to Him with your real world concerns, because He probably wouldn't really understand what you're dealing with, and so it also creates a real distance between you and God. And then another another very common way that we can get into thinking about God is kind of like the scorekeeper God. He just keeps score. You know, he's he's always measuring us against some rules and finding us lacking and that we don't measure up. And so he uh so we we really we kind of distance ourselves from him because we know that we you know we we don't measure up to his standards and so there's a there's kind of a disconnect. You know, we feel like we don't really want to come to him because we know that we really haven't earned anything with him. And so that's that's one way we could view God. Now, God knew that we needed we really didn't know who he was so that we could respond to him rightly. And so what, what he did in the scriptures is he revealed himself. That's one of the, one of the big purposes of the Bible is to reveal himself and he revealed himself as our father. He revealed himself as a, as a dad. And he wanted, he did, he wanted to do that because he didn't want us to spend our whole lives responding to some wrong view of God and not really connect to him the way he wants us to connect with him. Um, you know, there's something deep in every one of us that we really, we really want a father's love and approval. It's just deep, deep seated in us. Now, we need our moms too, big time. You know, uh, our mom's love and wisdom and her, her care and her nurture, her affection, we need that big time. But there's something that only a dad can give and it's this, this, this idea of just being approved. That he kind of thinks you're doing okay. Now, I, when I, I begin to really see this with our kids when they were real little, We'd go to a hotel or something like that. Kate would, uh, Kate would take the kids down to the pool and I'd be working on something. And then I'd go down a little bit later and I'd go down there and never been swimming for a while. And one of the kids would go, Dad, Dad, watch this. And they would jump in off the side of the pool because they'd never done that before. And like, I jumped in. And you go, that's great. That's great, son. You know, I can go all the way around the whole pool without, with, you know, I can go all the way around the whole thing, hang on to the side because I haven't learned how to swim yet. But, that's great. They just need to know. And then I can swim underwater. I can do a flip. I can do handstands. Don't hurt yourself. You know, it's like, but there's just something. I remember one time, uh, Donovan, hope he doesn't mind me sharing this. Uh, he, uh, he, we were, he's about four years old. We're in the living room and he goes, Hey dad, watch this. And I'm like, I have no idea what's coming. I said, yeah. And he, he jumps in the air as, as high as he can and flat hits the ground like he's like a belly flop in a pool. Just wham. I'm like, son, are you okay? I mean, I'm thinking, are you okay? And he jumps up and he's kind of like, what, what'd you think of that? I'm like, well, son, I, I think you're, uh, you're getting tough. <laughs> you're getting tough. So, you know, there's just something, you know, and I, I remember when I was about 11 or 12, I remember my dad, um, my, I worked with my dad. My dad was a contractor and I grew up, I started working with him when I was about eight years old. And, and, you know, he put me to work, you know, no favoritism towards his son there. Um, but he put me to work and we, I remember when I was about 10 or 11, by 11 or 12 and we had worked all day and we were driving somewhere as a family and I fell asleep in the back, you know, I just fell asleep and I woke up and I don't know about you, but sometimes I wake up and I didn't I wish I didn't. And so it's like, I kept my eyes closed. I'm trying to go back to sleep. And my dad, he thought I was asleep, but he was talking to my mom. I overheard him talking to my mom. And he said, you know, GP did a great job today. He, uh, he was working hard. He kept up with the guys. 
And I tell you what, that's why he's so tired. He, he just falls asleep in the back. Just a few words. It wasn't to me. It was about me. And that marked me. It was just it's a small little memory, but I don't know if I'll ever forget it. Because there's something about a dad who loves you and a dad who approves of you that just resonates very deeply. You know, and some, you know, some of us had good dads. Some of us had, uh, pretty good dads. Some of us didn't have very good dads. But the thing to remember, what God reveals to us is just remember that He's not the reflection of our dad. He's really the perfection of our dad. What He did is He, He perfectly is a father. He's a perfect father. And that's, that's who Jesus really revealed Him to be to us. Um, you know, it's, I've been reading through the book of John, uh, recently. And one thing I just over and over again has been striking me how Jesus talks about his father and how he relates to him. And he over and over again, he would say, you know, I, I, you know, I hear what my father says and I say those things. I see what my father does and I'm, I do those things and just this close connection to the father. And then as I got to the end of the, end of the book, uh, so there's a verse that really stood out to me and that was in John 20, uh, 17. And Jesus, he, he just, he'd just been crucified. He'd just raised from the dead. And he's talking to the first person that he met, which was Mary. And Mary, she's so excited. She grabs a hold of him. She's hugging him. And he says this. He says, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. You know, Jesus, he, he said, let them know. And he, he called them his brothers. And then he says, you know, he's not just my father, he's your father. What Jesus had done on the cross and by raising the third days, he paved a way for us really to connect, really connect with him and really to be adopted into God's family and that God would really be our father. And at the beginning of John, John talks about like what that looks like. How do you actually be, how do you, how do you get, become adopted into this family? In the very beginning of John chapter 1, um, he said, John said this, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children bought, not, born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or of a husband's will, but born of God. When we believe in Jesus to the point that we really trust him and we put our lives in his hand, we give him the reins of our life and we say, God, I want to go with you. What happens is we are actually, we're born again. We actually become, we actually get adopted into God's family. And he becomes our father, the father that we always, always really needed. And when you're born into that new family, you get a, you get the new father and it puts you in a new position. It puts you in a new position where you can really grow up and be everything that God really wanted you to be. And it also puts you in the position to just receive what you need from your father. It puts you into that position. And God really desires that everyone would come into his family. That's, he, he doesn't wish that any would perish and that all would come to repentance. He wants everyone to be adopted. One time, I want to, this morning, I'd like to take a little bit of time and look at a story that's, it's, it's a, it's a familiar story to a lot of, a lot of us. It's a, the story of the lost son, the prodigal son. But in that, Jesus was telling, Jesus was telling, uh, just a story. He, he, some folks, uh, some religious folks had gotten upset with him because he kept hanging out with sinners. And he, he, he kept actually, you know, connecting to people and loving people. And they said, you're not supposed to hang out with that kind of people. And so he told these stories to kind of show what God's heart was. And I'd like to look just a little bit of the story of the lost son because Jesus is trying to communicate 
several things there, but one of those things is just the heart of a father. So what he says, Jesus says, you know, there were two sons. His father has two sons. One of his sons comes up to him and says, hey, I want my inheritance now. Uh, I don't want to wait. Now, that, that's kind of a, I don't know how you broach a subject like that with your dad. Um, dad, I, I know usually it's after you pass, but uh, can I have my money now? So his dad actually, he cashes out. He cashes out that part and he gives it to his son, gives him his inheritance. His, his son takes off. He goes, uh, says he goes to a distant land and he just squanders all that money. He just burns through it with bad decisions, goes into some bad places. And he winds up in a very dire situation. The circumstances go really bad. In fact, once he goes broke, there's a famine in the land and then other people can't even help him that much because there's just not much around. So he winds up in this really dire place and he begins to think. He reflects and he, what he bring, he comes to the end of himself. And there's something about coming to the end of yourself. There's a humility there where you're like, God, I need you. Or, you know, he, he realized that he needed his dad. So let's, uh, if you look at uh, Luke 15, uh, 17 through 19, it says, but when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. And I will say to him, and I want to just pause. He says, I will arise and go to my father. Now, why did he have that thought? He had that thought. He said, he he thought, you know, even the guys that work for my dad, he knew his dad. He knew what his dad was like. He knew his dad took care of those guys. He says, if I could just be one of those guys. And it was all based on his understanding of who God was. I'm sorry, who his father was. And. And then he, then he, he, decide, he says, I will arise. I'm going to go do that. And then he thinks through, then there's a problem. Well, how do I approach it? Because I obviously have really burned some bridges here. So he thought through like what he would say. And he said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. So that's his plan. So let's go to the next slide. And Luke the very next verse, he says this, he arose and came to his father. You know, it's one thing to think it. It's another thing to do it. And so what he did is he thought through this and he, he arose and he came to his dad. That took guts. That took humility. That, that took courage. It took, it took someone who really understood that his dad uh, was a kind man. So he goes and he goes and he talks to him. And while he's on his way, it says his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. So he, as he comes in, his dad's out there. He's looking for him. He's just it's probably something he did all the time. He's on the lookout. He's looking for his son. And he sees him. He realizes that's him. And he takes off running. He comes up. He grabs him up. And he's in the, in the, uh, in the Greek, I think, I think it means like he kissed him much. He's like, he was just, uh, just, just all over him, just loving his son. And he almost, you get this idea that his son actually had to kind of break himself away from that embrace to tell him what he wanted to tell him. He says, you know, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. One thing that, that strikes me on that is he didn't finish his rehearsed speech. And I think because his dad just didn't give an opportunity. Because all he needed to do was just to come back to his dad. The relationship was there. And so... And go to the next, go to the next slide. But the father said to his servants, you know, he, he's like interrupts him. He's like, okay, hang on. And he goes, hey, go get the party going. 
Okay, we're going to, he says, we're going to uh, put a ring on his hand, give him the best robe, put shoes on his feet, bring the, bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son was dead and, to, and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. It was just a, it was a huge deal and a huge return. One, one, couple of things that, that, that come out to me just in that. Just, there's at least two things that were operating in that story. One is just the heart of a loving father who really cares. The heart of a loving father who really cares. And then the other thing is just a son who knew his father's character enough to where he came back to him, even though he'd really done wrong. Those are two very, very important things. You know, when we get off track, when we get off track in life and we consider like we walk away from God or we, we just kind of get, we just get off track and we think, I need to come back to God. I need to come back and really connect with Him. Sometimes we can, some of the, we struggle with a couple of some questions. There's a couple questions I want to look at today. One is, one is as you're, as you're thinking that is how can God accept me? You know, because of, because I'm, I've messed up, how can God accept me? What I, I want us to look at it. You know, there's, I want, we're going to watch a clip here in just a minute. And it's a clip of a, of Olympic race, uh, 1992 in Barcelona. Uh, there's a guy, his name is, uh, Derek Redman. And he, he, he ran for Britain, for Britain. But he, uh, he's on this, he was a, he was on track to win a medal. He was like really favored to win a medal. It was in the semifinal. It's going to, he's going to plot, he's going to, if he wins, if he gets places, he's going to be in the finals. And in the middle of this race, about 150 meters from the end, it's a 400 meter race. He, he, his hamstring goes and his Olympic dreams go with it. I want us to watch this clip and then we'll, uh, we'll come back. Redmond to aim at, and so too in lane number three is Steve Lewis, but Redmond's got off very fast indeed, and so too is Ismail of Qatar. Down the back straight, he's the fractional leader. Bada of Nigeria has gone very quickly, and Redmond has broken down. He's on the track, kneeling down, and Derek Redmond, on his injury problem, the jinx has struck again.
I find that to be a very moving clip. <clears throat> there's something, there's something about a father's heart that can't sit in the stands when your son's struggling. Acceptance is not an issue when you're, <clears throat> when you're a father. And, uh, that's really the way that God really views us is when we come to Him. It's not, you know, we, uh, in fact, I, let's look at Psalm 103. This is what King David said in, in his relationship with God. He said, just as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he himself knows our frame. He is mindful that we are but dust. You know, God, God knows our limitations. He knows what we can do or able to do. But he, his approval of us is not based on our performance. It's based on his grace. And it's his acceptance we have, his approval we have when we're his kids. And he really, he runs, he runs to us. And so don't let that hold you back. Don't let that hold you back. Um, next question, next question I think that will come to our minds is, you know, God, will you ever give up on me? Like, you know, I, 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 it seems like I keep wondering, God, will you, will you ever give up on me? It's kind of a, just a question we'd have. Um, John, in John 20, G, uh, John uh, 10, John, uh, Jesus spoke to that a little. He said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give eternal life to them and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hands. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hands. I and the Father are one. God does not, He doesn't give up on His kids. When you step into His family, when you, um, when you become a follower of Christ, you get adopted and He doesn't, and He is your Father, and He cares about you. And His love and acceptance, they're just, they're just given. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross, God is able to accept you, and He does. Now I heard a, I heard a, I heard a speaker uh, several years ago just give an illustration about two boys, two boys uh, who were mowing the lawn on on a Saturday morning. When he started talking, I thought, well, okay, I don't know what kind of story that would be, but he uh, he said that you know one boy, they lived on opposite sides of the street, but one boy, his dad woke him up on Saturday morning and he said, he said, son, hey, uh, I'm going to go out. I got to run some errands. Uh, I'm going to be back probably around lunchtime. I need you to go out. I want you to do, I want you to go out and mow the lawn. And I, and you need to do a good job. You got, you got to, you know, the, the, the last time, you know, it just, it seemed like you didn't do real well. And he's just, you know, you need to go out and you need to make sure you do a good job because I don't want to have to do this when I get home. And he goes, okay, dad. And so he gets out, he gets up, gets dressed, he goes out and he begins to mow the lawn. Well, then the, across the street, there's a boy, he wakes up in the morning and his dad wakes him up and he says, Hey, wake up. You going to sleep all day? He goes, well, no, I don't think so, dad. And he goes, Hey, I got to go run some errands. And, uh, but while I'm gone this morning, I want you to go out and mow the lawn. I need to go out and mow the lawn. Now I'm, what I'm asking you is, you know what? I'm asking the master mower to go out and nail that lawn and do an excellent job. But you know what? I know you can do a great job, but you go out there and when you get back, we're going to go grab some lunch. All right. All right. I'll see you when I get back. So he goes out, he gets dressed, he goes outside and he starts, 
he starts uh, mowing the lawn. And if you were to zoom out, you look down, you see two boys doing exactly the same thing. One boy is mowing the lawn. The other boy is mowing the lawn. But one boy, he's mowing the lawn to gain his father's approval. The other boy is mowing the lawn because he has his father's approval. And that's one thing about the Father heart of God is that as followers of Christ, if we could see the heart of our Father, then we could really move through life knowing that we're moving through life from our Father's approval and not for it. It's a settled question. We have the greatest approval that anyone could ever have. And so that's just, that's something we need to, we need to really work at just making a reality in our hearts is that God really cares about us and that He really does approve us. And when He does, what it does is it opens up the possibility for us living the kind of life that God really desired from us all along that, that we'd really have a meaningful life. Paul in Ephesians chapter 5 taps into this idea and he says this. He says, Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. You know, he's, if, if when we lay hold of our identity as dearly loved children with God, what it does is it, we become convinced of that and his approval of us, it overflows from our life into the lives of other people. We begin to be able to really love and accept other people the way he's accepted us. And uh, we really begin have the opportunity to grow up and really become more and more like God himself and really just uh, become more and more like Jesus Christ and really follow Jesus' example of love and acceptance. And so as we move into our lives from this approval and acceptance, God really works in us. He works in us to challenge us to live the life of love for other people that he really wants so that we can have a really good life. Uh, and then he also, he, he corrects us and trains us so that we stay on course to really, to, have a, to really have a meaningful life. He's really engaged with us. He's engaged with our lives. And we're going to be, we're going to be talking more about that over the next few weeks as we continue this series about how God does that. But at the very baseline of everything that God does, He cares about you and He cares about us. And that's something you just have to have nailed down and really just pursue Him in a relationship and really come to know that. So, you know, maybe, maybe this morning, maybe this morning, maybe what you, you need to do is just to respond just to God's offer and just accept and just receive Jesus Christ and make him the boss of your life, hand him the reins. Maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe today, maybe you've gotten off track. Maybe you're somewhere you, you wish you weren't. Maybe some hard circumstances you're in. But I would just encourage you just to just do like what the prodigal son did, and that is just to arise and go back to your father. And what you'll find is that he has been longing and waiting for you to do that. Now, there's a, there's a verse in the old, and, uh, in the prophets where he says, return to me so that I can return to you. What it is when you come to him, man, you run into arms that hug you and love you. So with that, I'd like to ask the band. I'd ask to ask the band to come back up. And, uh, I'll go through a few next steps. And, uh, you know, maybe for you, maybe, maybe it is just the, for the first time just to accept Christ as your, as your Lord and Savior. And maybe, maybe for you today is just to, to really connect to that, your identity as a dearly loved child. And just look this way, look this week for a way that you can really love other people. And maybe, maybe God has really spoken to you about something else today. I'd really encourage you to act on that. 
So let me pray for us, and we'll get back to uh, we'll get back to the service. Dear God, Father, I just uh, very grateful to you for your fatherhood. God, thank you for accepting me, and thanking thank you, God, for being a father to all of us. And I just pray, God, that uh, each one of us would come to know and come to understand that we're dearly loved children, and that we'd really walk in your love today. In Jesus' name, Amen.